We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Tonight, I want to talk to you all about joy. Pope Benedict has, as always, he says, all things better than I ever will. Uh, But Pope Benedict has this beautiful line where he says, Christianity began with one word, and the word was joy. And what he references when he talks about that is he's talking about Luke chapter 1, when Gabriel comes to Mary. And he says, if you had to pick one moment when Christianity began, he says, that's it. And what Gabriel says to Mary is when he greets her, he says, kairete, right? You know that Gabriel spoke Greek. This means yes, this means no. He spoke Greek. Of course he did. So Gabriel turns to Mary and he says, kairete, which means rejoice. Is a common way that people greeted each other in Christ's time. That's, in fact, that's the main way that Greek speakers just say hello, but it literally means rejoice. We translate it in our favorite, well, not our favorite prayer, but one of our favorite prayers as Hail Mary. But literally it means rejoice. And tonight I want to talk to you about Christianity begins with joy. So what's joy? Right? It's one of those words that we all know what it is, but it might be hard to give a definition if I put you on the spot. So I'm going to do that right now. No, just kidding. It's hard. How do we name it? So here's, here's a good definition. When St. Thomas Aquinas talks about joy, the way he talks about it is he says, joy is what happens when you possess a good. Right? Joy is the possession of a good. It's not leading up to the good. It's not after the good. It's when you have possession of something good. Right? It's that first bite of gelato. Right? And you're like, this is joy. Uh, it really is. I, and today I was thinking about that, actually. I had, um, I took an in-between masses today. I went to my gym. I got a hard workout. I felt really good. And this is totally going to freak you out, but I'm going to say it anyways. So I, my gym has a steam room. And I know the thought of that probably creeps you out. Get over it. Priests can enjoy steam rooms too, okay? <laughs> but I went to the steam room, and I'm sitting in there. And I was literally, I, I started praying a rosary, of course. And, but it was wonderful. I love steam rooms. And I was just praying, and I literally thought about that line from Aquinas. And I was like, this, I was like this, this is joyful. I just feel like, Lord, this is so good. It's so good to have that it's Sunday, and I feel so relaxed, and I can just pray. Well, I'm in there. I was praying my rosary, and a couple walked in. You always got to be careful. You never know who's in the steam room. And this couple walked in, and the guy turned to the girl, and they were talking. And he turned to her and he said, so can I stay at your house tonight? She's like, "Uh uh-huh. And he's like, tomorrow night too? He's like, she's like, "Uh uh-huh. And I was like, if you only know who you're sitting with. (laughs) But I didn't say anything. I just prayed for them and said, Lord, may you give them joy, but not of the flesh. Um, 
But here's what I want to get at. Joy tonight is what our gospel is about. And I want you to see that, like, God wants you to be joyful, but probably not the way that sometimes you think. And I tell people all the time, when we ask God for things, oftentimes the problem is not that we ask for too much, it's that we ask for too little. The kind of joys that you and I want are so pathetic They're so weak. They're so limited and short-sighted. God wants a joy for you that will explode you from the inside out. Today in our gospel, so powerfully, Zacchaeus today, this is such a great story, and let's set this up. When Luke tells the story, this is the end of a section in Luke's gospel called Hodas, the way. And the way is what Christianity is. Christianity doesn't mean your life's perfect. It doesn't mean you understand everything. It means that you are walking with Christ. That's what Christianity is. And in the section of the way, Jesus walks from the north of Israel in Galilee, and he's on the way to the cross. And Luke recounting this, he wants us to see that different people as they encounter Jesus have different reactions. That was true in first century Israel. It is true today. Different people, and and Luke sets us up for that. We're told in Luke chapter 1 that when the prophet Zechariah when he prophesies about Christ, he says that in the ministry of Jesus, hearts of men and women are going to be revealed. And brothers and sisters, tonight's gospel is so powerful. It's about the heart. And I want to speak to your heart tonight, and God wants to speak to your heart, because that's what our faith is about. So tonight's gospel, Luke wants us to see a contrast with another figure. Zacchaeus is very, very similar to another figure in the the chapter just before this. But he had a very different reaction, and that character is the rich ruler. So tonight we're in Luke chapter 19. In chapter 18, 18, 18, that's a nice easy thing to remember. 18, 18, a ruler asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Here's what you got to know. Luke wants us to understand these two next to each other. The word ruler in Greek is archon. Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. The word chief in Greek is archon. It's the same word. Both of these men, in a certain sense, are rulers. And guess what? You have the rich ruler in chapter 18. And then tonight, in the story of Zacchaeus, it says, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief in Arhon, a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Two very similar figures. There's a big difference, though, right? The rich ruler says, what do I have to do to, to enter into heaven? What do I have to do? And Jesus answers, he says, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. Mic drop, right? And the, and the rich ruler says, all these things I have observed from my youth. 
Jesus heard it. He said to him, one thing you lack, sell all you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So the rich ruler has everything together. He's just got one thing he's like a little behind on. Zacchaeus doesn't, though. And you've heard this before, but think about this tonight. Zacchaeus, as a chief tax collector, and he's wealthy, the reason he is wealthy is because he has collaborated with the Romans, who are the evil overlords of Israel in the first century, and that's how they're viewed. Zacchaeus is a Jew, and he teams up with the enemy, and he grows wealthy by extorting his brother and sister Jews. Zacchaeus is a despised figure in his time. He's despised. And so you heard the story, right? Jesus calls to him. He looks at him and he says, Zacchaeus, come down quickly for I must stay at your house today. And there's that one line in the gospel that we're zoning in on, right? Zacchaeus says, he made haste and he came down and he received him joyfully. We're going to come back to that, but I want you to hear one last thing in that contrast with just the chapter before. The rich young man, Jesus invites him. He says, hey, there's just one thing you're lacking. Go sell what you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. But when he heard this, he became sad. For he was very rich. Joy is the possession of a good. That's what it is. And all of us in our life, right, all I want is I want to be joyful. I want to be happy. I want to possess good things in my life so that I might be joyful. That's what all of us want. But here's, brothers and sisters, here's where we get mixed up. Is that you and I when we don't focus in on the highest goods, we get attached to lesser goods. A friend of mine says, the Christian life is about this. He says, when you love God first, when God becomes your first love, all of your other loves find their proper proportion and place. I love that line. Hear it again. When we love God first, all of our other loves find their proper proportion and place. I want to be joyful. My staff tells me I'm kind of not because I'm, I'm like, oh, stressed and I don't know how to say no to things. And so like I'm always, I'm at my desk and I'm like typing and my back's to the door and people come in and they're like, they're like, they're like kind of sheepish, like, hey, Father Brian. And I'm like, yeah. And the other day, uh, another priest was in my house, and he was whistling. And one of the staff literally called some of the other staff members, and they were like, he's whistling. FB's like in a good mood, like, wow. And I'm like, man, I got to change my life. <laughs> my staff thinks I'm a curmudgeon. I want to be joyful. So do you. 
God wants you to be joyful. The two men that we're contrasting tonight, brothers and sisters, they both wanted joy. The problem is, is that the rich ruler, something inside of him was not open to the greatest joy that there is. And he had grown to love a lesser good so much. He loved money so much that he was willing to say no to God himself for something lesser. And isn't that true of us? So oftentimes, we get in trouble not because we desire evil things, Right? Every once in a while, we're like, yeah, well, there's that guy at work I can't stand, and when he, he got fired, I was joyful, and that's probably a sin. Yes, it is. I'll see you in the confessional tomorrow. That's not the normal thing for us, though. I think the bigger way we get in trouble, brothers and sisters, is we love good things, but there's a problem when you love them more than him. And that's the problem the rich ruler had is he grew to love wealth and comfort more than God. And that's broken. And Zacchaeus tonight, right? Zacchaeus got it. Right? Joy is the possession of a good. Brothers and sisters, I want to feed your desire for the greatest good. The greatest thing you could ever possess is the perfect, infinite, all-consuming, passionate love of God. The type of love that is so powerful, it'll make you give everything away. Love tends to do that. When you love someone, you lose your life. This is the, the natural way that happens for most people, is marriage. When you love someone, you're willing to lose everything. Zacchaeus tonight didn't even have to be asked. The rich rulers, Jesus says to him, he says, sell what you have, give to the poor, come follow me. He won't do it. Zacchaeus doesn't even get asked. Zacchaeus, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. When love enters your house, you realize you don't need all those things you think you did. When I was younger, you know, I, I still have lots of sins and problems in my life and pagan idols and all those things, but, but when Christ broke into my life, it was so powerful because I realized, like, Jesus, if, you, if this is all true, if you're really on that cross for me, if you really hold eternity in your hands, all I've ever wanted was to be married and, and, and comfortable and, I don't know, be really, really ridiculously good looking. Do you know that movie? It's a great line. But whatever I wanted in my life, but then you realize, like, if I have you, 
but I have everything. I have everything. I don't need any of that because I have the one thing that my heart desires. Joy is the possession of a good. Are you feeding that greatest good? And I want to leave you with this tonight, brothers and sisters. Notice how Christianity does not begin with rule-keeping. Christianity has morality, but it doesn't start there. Do you want to be a better person? The way to do it is not to study what's right and wrong more deeply. That's not the way to do it. Some of you might need that a little bit. But for the most part, you know. No one, no one ever comes to me and they're like, well, Father Brian, I wasn't sure whether or not, you know, I should, I don't know, pick your example, whether or not I should slash people's tires at work. I wasn't sure. I was like, you know, I know the Christian thing says this, but, you know, it's really fun. But then I read Leviticus 18, and I was like, oh, I'll be a Christian, right? Not going to slash people's tires. No, no one does that. People become Christians because they're loved. That's how you become who you're supposed to be, is you realize that you are loved. Zacchaeus, Christ entered his house, and he says that to every one of us. You can't be a Christian, brothers and sisters, if, if the words of Scripture are addressed to someone else. If tonight's gospel is just about Zacchaeus, you'll never be a Christian. Tonight's gospel isn't about Zacchaeus, it's about you. Have you heard the Son of God point at you? I, I tell people I try not to make eye contact with you during Mass because at all the time people come up to me and they're like, they're like, FB, did you, did you like write that sermon for me? And I'm like, yeah, forgive your enemy, right? No, but they get freaked out and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I know. God told me. No, I don't know. But here's how you have to hear the gospel. It wasn't Jesus pointing at Zacchaeus he did that, but he does that to you. And if you haven't heard that yet, you haven't yet begun your journey as a Christian. I am a priest and a Christian because Jesus Christ said to me a long time ago and many times since, he said to me, Brian, come down from there. I want into your life. Brian, come down. Today I must stay in your house. In that moment, <laughs> that moment and many moments since, brothers and sisters, have brought me great 